Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode 105. I'm pretty sure this time. I'm your host, Brian <laughs> Professor Pettis, and with me as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium Professor. I might have gotten it right. I, I know I know last week I kind of botched that one. You know, I thought 103, and you're like, isn't it 104? I'm like, is it 104? You know, gosh. These fly well, by, you know. Hey, we, what are we? What are you gonna say? After two years, you got caught in a time vortex. That's, and, well, that's what it was. And the quantum realm kind of swallowed. Time you vortex whole. swallowed uh, me up, and it was just all a month. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it, it's all good. We got a big, big show. It is episode one hundred and five. We got a big show today. We're gonna uh, just a little recap. Uh, we, we got a lot of news, a lot of uh, rumors. Uh, we're gonna talk about the movie. We're gonna talk about the the flash trailer. Uh, so, uh, stay tuned, buckle up people. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get started, we always like to thank the listeners for bring the show to you. And those are our patrons. Patreon.com slash super talk is how you become a member. Uh, those patrons out there are really, um, just great. And we really appreciate the support they give us. So if you want to become a member, patreon.com slash super talk is how you join. All right, let's jump into the review section real quick. And since our last episode, we did our last episode, Right before the Super Bowl, actually, I think the we day did it on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. And we were anticipating uh, all of the uh, commercials slash uh, promotions that were going to happen on the Super Bowl, and we got them all during the Super Bowl. And 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 I I actually enjoy what a lot of the studios have done now is they they spend their millions of dollars on the thirty second spot for the Super Bowl, and then they're like. Go online and you'll get like twice as much. Yeah, you'll get the full trailer. The full tra- full trailer. Trailer. Trailer online. Trailer online. online. Yeah, it's and I love that. And it's, it's, uh, and we'll talk about what we got during the Super Bowl. Uh, first and foremost, I think the one top of our mind is the Flash trailer came out during the Super Bowl, and you mentioned this last week, Titanium, that James Gunn had come out and said. The Flash movie is one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen because he's yeah. watched the whole thing, obviously. One of the greatest superhero <laughs> movies ever made. That's what he said. Obviously, a lot of self-promotion in that statement. <laughs> but that being you said, think- uh, we had seen a teaser of this at, I believe, DC Fandom like a year and a half earlier. Uh, this movie had been pushed and delayed, as, as we've talked about in the past. Yeah, big um, time. But and we know there's a lot of changes coming to this movie, uh, just because Kevin Feige taking over and revamping the DC universe. Um, James Gunn taking uh, over. No, Kevin Feige, James Gunn. But this trailer, I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, but this trailer was awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far was as was it like, awesome because it took uh, popular pieces of movies done in the past and put and rehash them in. This movie, though, is is not is, is the Flash movie playing off the success of other movies, kind of, sort of. I guess I guess well, it's subjective it, because yeah, because you, you you mentioned success. So what DC DC EU movie was successful? Well, first of all, he's pulling at the heartstrings of the Snyderverse, right? Because. 
he brought Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck in in other supposedly scenes or directions. Uh, Snyderverse also bringing in uh, Zod, which is was a huge factor in Man, Man of is, Steel. Right. Uh, and then back into the OG uh, of um, Batman. Tim Burton's Batman. Right, right? with Michael Keaton. Um, one of the most popular uh, uh, Batmans, in my opinion. Um, so I, I guess... It, it's really smart, and maybe that's what uh, James Gunn was talking about. He says this is probably one of the greatest super because it took the best of the best, uh, not really the best because well, so apparently no Christian Bale, but uh, and put those together theoretically in the flashpoint. from what we know. But there's no saying that we won't see Christian Bale. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I, I, look, James Gunn is no stranger to this process. He's no stranger to the marketing uh, engine uh, behind comic book media. He knows how to do this, and they're going to hold back on some things that they and that 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 of course they're going to let the internet just kind of you know go all go crazy of what might happen. But what we saw in the trailer was just fantastic. Not oh. only did we see uh, the Flash interacting directly, with, as you mentioned, with Ben Affleck's version of Batman talking to him about, you know, he's saying I could go back in time and fix everything, and Ben Affleck's like you could also screw everything up. And, and we saw lots of scenes with Ben Affleck. On his, in his version of Batman on a motorcycle with two wheels in the front, and he's wearing the black and I mean the uh, gray and blue uniform with Solid. a utility yeah. belt. Oh, it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And then we got to see Michael Keaton's version of Batman. Yep. And it looks like they are drawing from, significantly drawing from, the Flashpoint comic book storyline without Correct. question. Yeah. In that comic book storyline, and the one thing they're not doing, well, at least from what we can tell from the trailer. Um, in that comic book storyline, um, Atlantis is at war with Themyscira, right? And the uh, Amazonians are are fighting against the Atlanteans, and there's this big war. That's no not indication happening. of that. No indication no, of that no. happening. But definitely, you see, there's a scene that I think where uh, he travels back in time, or travels to another type of uh, universe where he meets up with himself. Um, and maybe loses his power, and he goes to Batman to try to help him regain his power, and then they they get a Supergirl in this different universe. Well, that, and Superman. again, that's what happened in Flashpoint. So yeah. Flashpoint travels back in time to stop the reverse Flash from killing his mother, yeah. finds a universe where his mother's still alive, and tries right. to stop that from happening, and is successful in doing so, uh, but ends up losing his powers in that journey. Yeah, And so it looks like that happens. Yep. He goes back in time has lost his flash powers and meets the version of himself from that universe who doesn't have powers either. Right. Um, and so the two of them are working together and in the flashpoint comic book storyline um, to help stop the war between the Atlanteans and the uh, Amazonians, they need help. And it looks like the big bad in this movie is Zod, as you mentioned from the man of steel movie, right. We know that Zod came back and was wrecking house and Superman was the only one to stop them. And Flash says in the trailer, I, I, I went to a universe where there are no metahumans and there's nobody here to stop this. Right. So he finds Batman, the Michael Keaton version of Batman, who looks like he's going to help him. But they find out that there's this, this being from another world being uh, held captive in some government facility. Yeah. In the comic book storyline, that was Superman. And so they found that Superman had been captured when he came to Earth the first time and had been held in this government facility and had didn't have access to the sun, so he no, never got strong. Well, it looks like Supergirl 
is, is that playing figure, that yeah. role yeah. in this movie. Absolutely. Which is a fantastic use of nice this. twist. It's really a nice twist. It's a great way to like yeah. use that part of the story, but do it in a different way yeah. and introduce a new character. Uh, you know, is all is is all forgiven, Ezra Miller? <clears throat> you know, that's yet to be determined. Um, I do think could this the, could this be why the the popularity of this movie and how good it is could it be why they're very hesitant to kind of push him aside? Oh, and without kick question. him out, right? I mean, and we've seen. I mean, the the marketing behind the Shazam movie, which comes out next month, they're making some very ambiguous statements about the future of Zachary Levi and the yeah. Shazam character and all these other things, because they don't want to, like you you mentioned this last week, titanium, they don't want to, you know, eliminate the potential, you know, earnings of this movie. Correct. And so if they were to come out and say, you know, this is Ezra Miller's last movie, I mean, it would kill it. Yeah. So they're, you know, be, being very ambiguous about that. That being said, um, James Gunn's been very, very vocal about this resetting the DC universe. Yeah. This movie will reset the DC universe. So could they choose to keep Ezra Miller in the Flash character that he plays? Yes. Yeah. Could they choose to use this as a way to jettison him and recast that character? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Um, but the trailer... And one of those statements you're excited about, one of them you are not. <laughs> right. But the trailer was great. This yeah. movie looks fantastic. Yeah. It looks like, you know, Zod and the, the other Kryptonians are playing a huge role in this yeah. movie. Um, and it looks like Barry and his alternate version of himself from this universe do get their powers back and ultimately end up helping fight this threat of Zod. Uh, you know, Supergirl looks pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be a very entertaining movie. And there's no question this is going to have some huge ramifications to the future of the DC universe. So I'm 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 now more excited about this movie, even Ezra Miller notwithstanding. I'm not a, still not a big fan of his. And I, I really don't want him to be the future Flash. Agree. But, but I'm excited about this movie. Yeah, so am I. This movie's going to kick ass. So and it love the like character. Yep. Not love the actor that's playing the character, but love the character. Yeah. I do love the Flash character. Yeah. And the and the Flashpoint storyline is probably one of the most pivotal and most important storylines in the history of the DC comics. And I'm glad they're using it. And it, it really is a great way for them to kind of just hit the reset, reset button. button. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of trailers, we got uh, another guardians of the galaxy volume three trailer, much darker trailer this time, right? a lot darker, not as fun and fluffy for sure. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of you know rumors and conjecture out there. We got a full minute online trailer. Uh, we do have an idea of what's going on here. It looks like, um, the Guardians are kind of interacting with, you know, the high evolutionary. Uh, we know Rocket is kind of pissed off, kind of realizes this is the person that did to him what he what made him who he is. Um, but we saw a lot of lot more scenes with Gamora. We find out she's playing, spending a lot more time with the team than we originally thought. Um, yeah, she's somewhat of a Ravenger. Uh, she's running the Ravenger, right, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and but she's. Just a complete, and it says it in the trailer. She, I, you know, uh, Peter Quill's talking about, you know, I, I met this girl, I fell in love, and then she died, but then she came back as a complete a hole. Yeah. <laughs> and she said it was just, just so funny. Yeah, it's good. And the whole end of the, the trailer, the scene with him and, um, and, uh, Gamora's sister, um, Nebula. Nebula. 
so funny. Yeah. Because Gamora looks at Peter and says, this girl you're talking about sounds more like her. And Peter looks over at Nebula and she's like, she's like, oh, don't know. Don't even look at me. And he's like looking at it all funny. He said, cut it out. Stop it. And she's like, I never realized how black your eyes were. <laughs> <laughs> My father replaced him as a former torture. Well, he picked a good pair. Yeah. And he picked a good set. Bizarre. So great. Yeah. I mean, this is total James Gunn, total yeah. James Gunn humor. Um, I think, you know, this, as we know, this movie script was written years ago, was put on hold because of James Gunn's uh, initial firing off of this project yeah. by Marvel. He was a re- then brought back. This movie was supposed to come out in 2021. So two years ago, um, we're finally getting it. We know it's the last movie with this iteration of the Guardians. Um, the trailer looks great. The visuals look great. The plot seems very cool. Yeah, We do believe one, if not two or three of the members of the Guardians will not, not more, survive yeah. this. I agree. Yeah. This, uh, the end of this Adam movie. Warlock, we got to see a little bit more of Adam Warlock. Oh, him flying. He looks badass. Oh. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. He might steal the show. I'm, I'm not kidding. He he really might steal the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, yeah, you know, good. this is the two movie. Two great trailers. This is the Marvel movie this year that I'm looking forward to the most. Just simply, and, and I think part of it is because it is James Gunn's last movie with Marvel. And I know he's not leaving anything right behind. Yeah, right? he's gonna he's not gonna leave anything on the table. It's right. He's gonna cl- and he said it. He's gonna close out these guardians. The guardian stories. It'll be a complete different group after this. Uh, some characters might kind of continue with the group, but the guardians as we know them moving forward will be a different scene. That's for sure. So a lot of the other things we thought we would see, uh, we did get like kind of a big Disney commercial that had some Disney Plus stuff in there. But no big Secret Invasion trailer, no, no. Marvel's pr- first look, all this other stuff. So everything else from a Super Bowl perspective was pretty lackluster. Yeah, pretty cool Indiana Jones trailer. Um, uh, Adam Driver's in a movie called 65 Million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they did the whole uh, Fast X trailer. There's a big one with uh, that with that's, Jason that's, Momoa. That's lost, lost a lot of luster for me yep, for some reason. Yeah, well, not yeah. looking forward to that. Brie Larson, your favorite Instagram yeah, to follow. we can move past that. <laughs> <laughs> what other news do you got, Professor? Well, uh, let's get in the yeah. We'll jump into the news section now. So, um, Kevin Feige had an interview uh, here this past week. Um, finally, came out and made some statements about what's going on at Marvel and kind of the future of Marvel. Um, and some of these statements were things we knew were coming. A lot of rumors that were out there that you and I have been talking about for weeks um, that he has never officially confirmed or denied, but we got some official word from, from Kevin Feige here about what's going on at Marvel since uh, Bob Iser came back. And um, first thing he said was, we're going to slow things down. You know, we feel like recently we've been putting out too many things too quickly, too often and saturating the, the, the market with content and I he think hates it's that called, word it's called superhero fatigue right he said he hates saying. the word content uh if you watched saturday night live uh recently uh the one with pedro pascal they did a skit on saturday night live where they're talking about you know like every five minutes a new series was coming up on their streaming service and they were like yeah. joking about it and he's like yeah there is some fatigue out there superhero yeah. fatigue and he says so we're gonna slow down and um we're not happy about this, but one of the things he said was 
we're going to slow down on releasing of Disney Plus content. So um, one of the things in regards to Disney... Quality instead of quantity. Yeah, they're focusing on the quality yeah, of the content. They're yeah. going to let that And we've content- talked about this before. Right. We feel it's a very good move. Selfishly, I don't want them to do that because it gives us more content to talk about. It gives us less to talk about. It gives us less to talk about, but we also can do several shows because apparently they're going to be a hell of a lot better. Well, and again, if you're going to do a 13 episode Daredevil series, you know, you can't release more stuff, you know, within that time period. And we get that next week, next year. That's great. But they are going to slow down on Disney Plus content this year. Um, He mentioned there was only going to be two. New series coming out this year on Disney Plus. Uh, we know the first one is Secret Invasion, still scheduled for the spring of 2023. We're thinking, you know, April May timeframe. We still don't have a official release date for that, uh, but we believe that's coming out here uh, earlier this year. Um, and then we know Loki season two is coming out, which we'll talk about during our Ant Man review. Um, that will be coming out sometime this summer. But you know, there were two other series on the calendar for uh, Disney Plus this year. Yeah, that effectively have been pushed. Um, you know, Ironheart has effectively been pushed yeah. to 2024. Echo. Echo has effectively been pushed to 2024. Yeah. Those two series are now being delayed until next year. Um, again, you know, jealously, you know, as in regards to the show, I, I'm not happy about the fact that we're only getting two series from Marvel this year. Um, you know, considering these series are probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight episodes each. You know what you're looking at. You know, six to eight weeks over a 52 week calendar. I mean, that's not a lot of content on Disney no, Plus. No. Um, so I'm not happy about this. Do I want to go back to the the times where it was like a series, wait two weeks, and then the new series comes out? Uh, maybe not. If it's good quality, right. but that's not what we've been getting. Right. So I, I, I think it's a smart move. I think slowing things down a little bit and putting more time into reshoots uh, and kind of tweaking the story to to kind of appeal to a broader audience or just, you know, uh, spending more time on the on the special effects and things like that might be a good move. <clears throat> well, we know that secret, we, we, well, we've always anticipated that Secret Invasion was going to be building up towards or leading us into the Marvel's movie, which, by the way, has been moved. Yep. So was scheduled to come out in July yep. of this year, has now been moved to November 10th. That's a big move, but it falls right into what you said was a huge hole Look, in movies. You and, couldn't have yeah. a 11-month gap or it was ten, about a 10-month gap between movies. Uh, if they didn't move this movie, you would have the Marvels coming out in July, and then you would not have another movie from Marvel until May the next year, and that's a long time to wait. So what they did was that... So this spot, or this spot on the calendar that was previously vacated by Blade, Blade was supposed to come out in November of this year. Um, they pushed that a full calendar year. It's not coming out until November 2024 now. They've now slotted the Marvel's movie into a November time slot. So we're going to now go guardians of the galaxy in May. We're going to wait, you know, six months effectively, you know, until the Marvel's comes out and then it'll be six months until guardians comes out. So look, they went years for, you know, they were only releasing two movies a year. Possible that, um, secret invasion comes out in July now to fill that hole. Instead of spring, push it back. 
it's possible they push it a little bit more. Um, I would say they would probably, yeah, that's a good point, Titanium. Would they really want Secret Invasion to take away some of the thunder from Guardians, the Guardians of the movie? Probably not. Yeah, they may push it to July, which means that Loki then comes out and like, I here's my thinking. I think that they're, because Guardians comes out early May. Um, not late, It's not Memorial Day weekend. It's early. It's like May yeah. 6th, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think they're going to release Secret Invasion late May, like Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. and have that run all the way through the end of July. Okay. So that's what they'll do. And then we'll have a two-month gap. And then maybe they release Loki Season 2 in September, right? Uh-huh. And then that leads us into the Marvel's movie in November. Interesting. Okay. So, again... It would be great to know the dates. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> they're not giving those up. They're not yet. giving. And again, the earliest we'll probably hear them now is Comic Con, which is in July. Um, you still waiting on your ticket? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we tried. We gave it the old college try. We, we tried to get in there, yeah, didn't we? we? We did. But um, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But the fact is, Marvel's been moved, which I'm not surprised by nor am i disappointed i mean it wasn't a movie i was really looking for I mean, we've seen nothing or heard nothing about this movie and the more time they have to make it better fit it into the larger story great so that's moved um so let's look let's talk a little bit about from what we heard at comic-con last july here's what's changed right so comic-con last july the first two movies that are coming out this year are not changing. Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 still on schedule as, as scheduled. Now, Marvel's has been moved. So that's changed, right? Blade was coming out in November. That has moved an entire calendar year. Yeah. So that was announced last uh, Comic-Con last July. It's now moved an entire calendar year. We know everything that's going on with the plot and the the... the the uh, the script and new writers, new directors, new directors. Every, everything, it's a right? Shit show, right? So that's been officially moved, and that was on the calendar for this November. That's gone. Uh, Echo and um, Ironheart. Ironheart were supposed to come out this year. Moved. They've officially been moved. Uh, Agatha House of Harkness slash Covenant of Chaos slash whatever it's going to be called now was going to come out in December slash January end of this year, early next year. That's obviously been moved. Oh, yeah. We've heard nothing about that. So that's yeah. coming out next year We know year they're as well. filming it because we've seen shot, uh, shot photos. Set food but, photos. Yeah. From, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's been moved as yeah, well. Absolutely. So all of those series were and movies were supposed to come out this calendar year, and they've all been pushed. So this entire, we'll say, Phase 5 schedule that was released last July that Kevin Feige was so excited to announce to us has been completely Butchered. Demolished oh, and butchered. A lot uh, of it has to do with phase four and some of the some of the uh, steam uh, and some of the magic that uh, they've lost in yeah. phase four. So, yeah, I can see it being a big problem, um, but I'm glad they're slowing things down. I'm glad they're reshuffling some things. I don't like waiting uh, a long time for any of this content that we already know about and we were told would be this year. And now it's being put off, put off, put off. You know, it's kind of like that that first kiss you're waiting on the first date, and then it doesn't happen. And the I, second I tell you date what, though, date. here's what here's what I'll say: is some of these, um, I think Marvel, you know, dip their toe into the Disney Plus waters with all this stuff that they were releasing la- uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we started the show when when uh, WandaVision first came out, um, and some of it was good, 
Some of it was great. Some of it was good. Some of it was like, eh. Um, it just goes to show some of the studios that are kind of they know where their butter, how their butter is bread, how their bread is buttered. Yeah. Uh, like, um, the boys. Yeah. They know. Just come out with a series. Like every. 12 to 16 months, just kick the crap out of it. Do it really well. And, oh, we'll do an offshoot here. We'll, we're going to drop this Gen V thing. You know, we'll drop that. It's going to kill it. Yeah. And so here's the good news from a super tall perspective. We do have other things to talk about. Oh, no question. We do have other content and to DC focus on. DC is going to start rolling up. Um, yeah. We, we got uh, Blue Beetle in August. So uh, we'll have plenty to talk about in, yeah. in the summer. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. We got con- tons of stuff. We'll figure it out. What else we um, got? So uh, you you mentioned this huge uh, rumor slash leak. Uh, I believe this is an internet scooper. Uh, yeah, my, my time to shine. Who's who's scooped some things on the internet before? Uh, came out and mentioned that Tom Holland had signed a new deal with Sony and Marvel, a new multi picture deal that is going to pay him a shit ton of money. I'm yeah. sure. Um, uh, so this multi picture deal is not only Sony for, and Marvel. Yep, not only for. Um, Marvel, uh, we'll say Sony slash Marvel um, uh, specific movies, Spider-Man movies, but also um, appearances in other movies. And the big part of this rumor was he is going to be headlining the Kang Dynasty, Avengers Kang Dynasty uh, movie. Like yeah, he's that, going to be the the top notch star. That's along with, uh, I believe, Shang Chi. Him and Shang Chi are going to be the two headlining for that movie. That is fascinating. Well, you know who's directing that movie. Daniel Cretton, who right. who directed Shang Chi, is the one yeah. who's doing Kang Dynasty, and uh, so we felt that Shang Chi was going to have a big role in this movie, yeah. just simply because the director of of the Shang Chi movie was gonna, was doing this movie. But now we know that Spider Man and Shang Chi are basically going to be the two major stars of this movie, and the fact that that Tom Holland, look, I love Tom Holland, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic Spider Man, yep. fantastic human being. He's a great actor. I enjoy him very much, and so to keep him around for multiple years and multiple projects, huge I, win, big That's win, a huge win for me for personally, yeah. for the fans, for, for the, the fans, studio, yeah. great. Um, but the question is, can Shang Chi and Spider Man really be the leads for a project of this size and scope? Well, remember, remember, this is Kang Dynasty, so Kang Dynasty is going to fit f- feature Kang. Uh, you think? And, <laughs> And in multiple variants, so uh, yeah, I maybe do. more of a street level movie. I, no, not at all. Not at all. No? There's no way Kang Dynasty is going to be a street level movie. It's going to be a multiverse of craziness. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's good. Yeah, we they got to get back to their most popular characters and bring them back. Enough of this, and, and no offense, but enough of this werewolf by night, uh, Miss Miss Marvel. Um, you know, She-Hulk, get back to your bread and butter, make these characters that are very popular. I mean, Spider-Man, come on. Well, you can't shelf him very long. Yeah. I mean, and you had mentioned that, you know, even though Kevin Feige said, look, we're only going to have two series a year. I do think it leaves room for these special presentations. And you mentioned that potentially, well, they may decide to release X-Men 97 at some point in time. And that, and that just hits the wire. You know, it's, it's not something we're really, you know, promoting too highly, but, and it doesn't tie into anything in the MCU. It's just something we're going to release. Right. 
and they've been talking about these other special presentations, the Nova special presentation, the Wonder well, Man I special hear presentation. Nova, I hear Nova now is going to be a series, not a special presentation. Potentially. So, but potentially. we know Wonder Man may be a special presentation. We know the Silver yeah. Surfer may be a special presentation. We, we hear that um, um, there may be a Galactus slash Silver Server special presentation. Yeah. There may be a Mephisto special presentation. So they can fit these in and say, we're only doing two series a year, but we may like drop these like spe- special yeah. presentations in every now and then. That would make me happy. Oh, absolutely. I think they're committed to the Halloween special presentation. I think they want to do something uh, during Halloween yeah. with something. Um, so I th- I'm excited about that. I think that'd be great. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad for Tom Holland. And if again, this is a rumor, it's a leak, suppose, and there's no supposedly official announcement from Marvel or Sony or anybody. This is done in secret, but uh, I'm sure there will be at some point in time. Um, we know that Spider-Man will be coming out with another movie, likely sometime, maybe even late next year, maybe Christmas next year. Who knows right. what the schedule yeah. is, but... I mean, you know, they don't go too long without having a Spider-Man movie. So yeah. um, uh, we're looking forward to that. All right, well, let's jump into our topic of the week. And we're going to do our full breakdown and review of the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie. Uh, Titanium and I were able to see it last Thursday uh, on my birthday, which is fantastic. It's yeah, it's way, fun. Great way to spend my birthday for sure. Um, and this is always brought to us by our friends over at Studio GG Studios. Home of the man band, Corn on the Cob. Corn on the Cob. Appreciate your help there, Studio G. Go Love you guys. Sh- go check out their uh, show uh, and their channel. Uh, we always put it in our show notes. Uh, they're fantastic, and they do some great stuff over there. So thanks, Studio G. Um, all right, we're going to break this movie down. Um, I do want to mention, before we get started with our breakdown, uh, we did have some uh, early releases of information. So... Uh, box office returns from this past weekend. The movie came out Thursday evening. We had Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a holiday weekend. Uh, we still have today, which was also a holiday, and they're saying there's going to be some additional added on to the holiday weekend from today. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the returns were pretty favorable for Marvel. 104 million domestic, 225 global. Yeah. By the way, that's a record for the Ant Man franchise. So yes, it's sir. the best any Ant Man movie has ever done over a weekend. Was this movie? Yeah. So and it broke the hundred million dollar mark for domestic gross. So um, there's only a handful of uh, Marvel movies that have done that. So I, and, I think the, in their it's... opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, as far as I'm concerned, look, the Marvel engine still runs. You know, the marketing engine, the promotion engine works. Uh, you and I mentioned uh, you when you mentioned the numbers to me. I was like, well, look. There's nothing else out right now. Yeah. Like, what movie are you going to go see instead of this one? I mean, you're going to go see Magic Mike 3? You know, sure. there's really <laughs> nothing else in the theaters right now that's going to draw people. This movie uh, is what you would go see if you are going to if you want to get out of the house and go see a movie. Um, so, the you know, box office returns thus far are really good. It'll be interesting for me to see how this sustains itself over the next couple of weeks. I'm not really sure what's coming out. Um, in the next two to three weeks. So this may have some momentum over the, the rest of the month here um, and into early March. But, um, you know, good box office returns is, is a favorable thing for Marvel. Yeah, it's a good indicator. Uh, and, I, and I had said to you uh, before that I going into the movie, I'd heard some rumors about how it was received by critics and, and other people. And uh, you didn't want to know. And I waited till after the movie so it wouldn't skew your opinion of the movie whatsoever. And then I told you 
Uh, it was rated on some vegetable review site that will rename, uh, r- remain nameless because I refuse to say it because it's just a piece of shit. But um, some vegetable review site where it was rated the second lowest Marvel movie um, right above Eternals. Well, that's been updated. So after the weekend, it is now tied for the second lowest rated movie. On, critics. On the critics score. On the critics score. Yeah. 47% rotten. Yeah. Uh, tied with Eternals for the lowest critics score of any By the Marvel way, the movie critics, ever. The critics have Miss Marvel as 100% uh, certified But fresh. that's not a movie. I, I get it, but that's where their head's at, okay? And they had Thor Love and Thunder up there, too, at 83%. So I don't... <laughs> if if we followed what the critics said, we, we would never go see shows that we liked. So I, I don't believe the critics. Now, the audience score for this movie is about right. It's about right. It's in the 80s. Uh, so I, I think it's about right. Uh, high 80s, mid 80s, uh, kind of fluctuating as as reviews come in. Um, but yeah, I don't. The critics, I, I think, got this one wrong as far as my opinion is concerned. I'm going to disagree with you. I, I know you are. I, I, <laughs> I think I know how you feel about this. But uh, this is probably the one time where we are in a- absolute opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So, uh uh, why don't you give me your overall impression of the movie? You know, I, I'm not going to say it was fun because I thought uh, Thor Love and Thunder was uh, fun. It's fine. Uh, I thought Thor Love and Thunder was fun, even though it was a train wreck and absolutely horrific. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think this movie was a lot better than people uh, made it out to be. Um, it, it had some bad things that I didn't like. But it, it also had some really good things that I really enjoyed. And, um, you know, for me, a movie where I don't get up and go to the bathroom three or four times it means it's a pretty good movie. So <laughs> it held my attention pretty much throughout it. I thought some of the performances were off the charts and, and really good. Uh, I thought some of the performances were dialed in and horrific. Uh, I, I like the introduction of Nathaniel Richards, um, Kang, the Conqueror. I like that. I, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, I, I thought the story was kind of a, a little weird at times, and it's definitely a weird and different movie, more so than uh, uh, any other Marvel movie. I mean, they're they're basically in the quantum realm, almost literally 90% of the movie. And uh, the visual specs the visual effects were better than what the trailer led them to believe. Um, some of the things I didn't like about it, we can get into uh, in the likes and dislikes uh, section. I'll give my opinion on, on some of the things that we have down here, but overall uh, I think it's a B minus. Uh, I, I did like it. Um, and to kick up what we've been getting in the past, besides uh, no way home, Spider-Man, no way home. I, I thought this was almost, going in the right direction and to kick off the multiverse kind of um, next phase, I guess these next movies are going to be called the, the multiverse type of, of phase. Um, I thought it was great. You know, I, plus I, I love Paul Rudd. He's so great. He's so fun. He, he, I don't know. He's a, he's a gem as far as I'm concerned and, and Marvel's lucky to have him. Um, but what do you think about it? So overall impressions, I, I um, look, 
my exp and and, and uh, to be fair to this movie, my expectations of this movie were very high. Yeah, off the charts. When we got the first trailer for this movie, um, not too long ago, by the way, um, back back early when uh, um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever came out, we first got a trailer for this movie. Um, that trailer blew me away. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, you know the Yellow Brick Roads, you know, back soundtrack and what what's happening with this movie. Uh, really set my expectations very high. And then as they continue to ramp up the marketing and ramp up the the commercials and the, the little trailers of this movie, I learned more and more about the plot of this movie and felt like I really knew what was going to be happening in this movie before I even saw it. And, and those um, were confirmed. I, I pretty much really knew what was going to happen the entire movie before. So now there was some detail behind a lot of the stuff that we didn't see, but I mean, they pretty much gave away the plot of the movie in, in the previews, which I hate. I, I hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, my, I, you know, I told, I mentioned before the show, I have a hot take on this movie. This might be my least favorite Marvel movie of all time. Wow. All time. Wow. Um, completely disagree with you though. Right. That being said, what what I'll say is there are some things this movie did very well, which we'll get into, and I I really enjoyed. There are some things they completely missed on and some things that were completely bombs. Um, Some things that they teased that never happened that just pissed me off. Some plot points that had some major holes in them that I was just like, you can't do that. Um I'm literally at the point now where I, I was thinking about this on my drive over here tonight. Um, there are, we'll say, four movies at the bottom of our rankings in the Marvel pantheon of movies. You know, they've now, this is, I believe, the 30th movie that Marvel's come out with, right? Uh, 31, yep. 31. Um, and I was thinking, well, the bottom four traditionally are um, Captain Marvel. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor, Ragn- uh, Thor um, Dark The Dark World, uh-huh. and Eternals. Those are the bottom four, for you. I think, for all of us. No, not for me, but for you. Oh, go ahead. So what, what was your bottom four? Uh, I, my bottom four is uh, Thor, uh, The Dark World. Um, I don't think Eternals is down there. I'd have to check. I can't remember. I'm just... Regardless, those are the four that I think everybody's like, oh, in regards to Marvel movies, these are the four. I would rather see all four of those movies than this one again. Wow. And as a matter of fact, I might go home and watch Thor The Dark World just to remind myself how much better that is than this movie. Mm. Um, This movie really missed the mark on a cross. So many things for me. Some of it was the hype and my expectations being let down, and I, I will agree with that. Um, but some of it was, and and what I'll say generally overall, this was a movie designed to set up future movies. Yes, it was not a self-contained project. If you were just to take this movie and say, "Just watch this," and were you entertained, I would have a very different opinion than I'm saying. Well, how does this fit into what Marvel's got going on over the next two years? Yeah. And I think one of the things it did very well was establish Jonathan Majors as a superstar and a great actor and somebody who can play multiple iterations of a very evil, demonic character 
villain who's going to be permeating itself through the Marvel Universe for the next two years. Or they three did or four, yeah. Great job with that. Uh-huh. And that's what I, one of the things I enjoyed about the movie. But the rest of the movie, I, I was underwhelmed. Some of the acting was horrible. The plot was lackluster at times. It wasn't an Ant-Man movie for me. I mean, the other two, I mean, literally, the other two Ant-Man movies were better movies, Ant-Man movies, than this one was. Because they really didn't focus on the Ant-Man version. Like, what does Ant-Man do well? Yeah. I mean, he shrunk and grow a few times in the movie, and it was like, wait, how's he supposed to be doing that in the quantum realm when you're atomized microscopically? And And there was just certain things about it. I was like, this is just weird. So again, my hot take is um, there were parts of this, and and again, big picture parts of this especially, that I really enjoyed. But the movie itself, I was so disappointed, so underwhelmed, and this might be one of the worst movies that Marvel's ever come out with. That being said, it's still a 6 out of 10. And I you know, I talked to my son about it. How'd you like it? I was like, yeah, it was good. It was like a 6 out of 10. You know, I mean, even the worst Marvel movie is still a six out of ten. That says a lot, oh, right? I, I disagree with that, but um, yeah, Thor: The Dark World was not a six out of ten. For I don't. Me. Know, you go back and watch that movie. There's parts of that movie that are pretty good. I don't, Cringeworthy, but uh, interesting. Yes, I, I. It wasn't. It wasn't amazing for me either, but it definitely w- was good. Uh, again, a B minus for me. I, I think it was. Um, I. Some things that were horribly wrong. Everybody's gushing over um, uh, Kang and Majors and his performance. Uh, I thought that was it was good. It wasn't like Oscar worthy that a lot of people are saying. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought that um, I thought that Paul Rudd did a great job, and and I thought that I, uh, and I agree with you. I Janet love Paul Van Rudd. Dyne was really the Wasp in this movie. You yeah. know, it, it was Ant Man and the Wasp, but the Wasp wasn't. Um, uh, um, Hope Van Dyne. It was Janet Van Dyne but, was the but wasp. She never wore the costume. She never turned into the wasp. No, but still, but she is the OG wasp. I I, I really liked her performance. Uh, I liked Paul Rudd's performance in this. I thought it was funny. I thought it was just the right amount of humor. I thought the special effects were great. Um, what I didn't like about it was well. Um, let's talk about the things we liked first. Okay, because I think it's important to kind of set aside what we enjoyed about it and what we didn't. We talked about Jonathan Majors and the establishment of Kang, the villain. You Kang. want to know what my favorite part about this whole movie was? That was off the charts. Like my favorite part about this whole movie was Kang's suit. Yeah, oh, his suit it was, was great. brilliant. But we got the whole story of of him being basically exiled into the quantum realm, yeah. and that's how Janet met him, and they worked together to fix and, his. And that that was a great story. Of he'd been exiled there. She, you know, he, you know, I, my name's Nathaniel Richards. I, I've been sent here. I don't know why. And the two of them worked together to kind of fix his his ship and they didn't and then finally you know she learns who he really is and what he's really trying to accomplish and kind of like realize oh my god i've been helping this like mass murderer this conqueror this person who's out to like destroy multiple universes i can't believe i've do it and i thought that part of the movie was fantastic yeah like that whole section was great establishing who he is what his motivations are humanizes him a little bit 
like, you know, hey, I'm just a scientist. I'm trying to, you know, do great things. And he and Janet, like, kind of gelled, and they they kind of got along, and they worked together. Um, and, again, I believe – I agree with you. I thought Janet and, and Michelle Pfeiffer's portrayal of Janet Van Dyne was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. And the history of how – what she did when she lived in the quantum realm for 30 years and, you know, where she was up to and how yeah. she survived. And um, I thought that was great. Yeah. So those were really good parts of this, right? Um I thought the, and I, I think this was a little predictable, but, you know, in the beginning, when before they got sucked into the quantum realm, we saw that um, Hank and um, Cassie. Cassie had been working together and she was leaning on him and he was teaching her about the quantum realm and about, you know, pin particles ants and, and about ants. And they had built this ant colony and had used technology to enhance the ants. And they were now using that technology to build this kind of more advanced ant colony. And that gets sucked into the quantum realm. I'm like, we're going to see those ants again. I know we're going to see those ants again. And the fact that we did and their role in what ended up happening in the movie, I thought was not only apropos as far as the movie's concerned, because... The ants played a huge role in the first movie and yeah. even the second movie. And, sure. and their use of them, the, 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 the symbiotic relationship they have with them and the, yeah. the way that they communicate, that was great. Yeah. I thought that was really great, and we got to see them at the end of the movie, which was fantastic. I thought that was really done very well. Yeah, they, I, I agree with you. To bring them back and to have Hank actually controlling the ants or talking to the ants, uh, I thought that was a neat twist. That was, that was a cool part of the storyline. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to mention that you really enjoyed about the movie? I thought the special effects were great. Um, I really liked that world building of the quantum realm. Uh, I thought Paul Rudd was fantastic. Uh, I I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was fantastic. Uh, Jonathan Majors, I thought he was great. His suit was fire. I I mean, I absolutely loved it. His Kang suit. His Kang suit was brilliant. And the way. So comic book accurate. It was great. So cool. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, and she realized that the moment that his ship powered up again, that he got his suit. And the minute that he got his suit, then he like got... He changed his whole persona. Well, he got his powers back. Yeah. Like, you know, he was basically unpowered. He's just an unpowered human. Yeah. And once he got his suit back, all of a sudden he had access to all this energy and these different kind of things yeah. that he could do. And she's like, Oh crap. As many got a suit back, he was like a badass. Again. Yeah. Shit. So the suit is a lot. Yeah. The yeah. suit was awesome. It was probably my favorite part of the whole yes. movie. Very, very that. well done yeah. for sure. Uh, I thought the humor was great. Um, uh, you know, again, it was a B minus for me. It, it wasn't the worst Marvel movie. Uh, in the lineup, it's 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 probably ranked somewhere in the middle of those 31 films that Marvel has put out. Um, but it's definitely not in the, the lower five for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the things that we didn't like about the movie. Okay. Um, for me, one of the big misses and one of the things that really took away from this movie for me, uh, I felt Catherine Newton as Cassie was a huge mistake. She absolutely dialed that performance in. It was, and I like her. I think she's a brilliant actress. Awful. Agree. 100%. She was terrible. Yeah. Um, the person, uh, the actress they had playing Cassie in Endgame um, was a fairly unknown actress, but I think she kind of represented the character pretty well in that movie. 
And they decided that they were going to recast the character with somebody who had some street cred or right. had had some following on Instagram yes. Or, yes. Or, or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And somebody a little bit more famous with some more juice. And Catherine Newton was horrible. Yeah. She was terrible. Yeah. The attitude in the beginning of the movie, establishing yourself as this rebel and, you know, looking out for the little guy. And, you know, she was terrible. Yeah. I thought she was one of the reasons why I disliked this movie the most. And literally, you could have had anybody else playing that character. I thought she was terrible. And I... If the critics haven't panned her, they should because she was horrible. And the fact that we might have to continue to watch her in the future in Young Avengers stuff and everything else, I'm like, are you kidding me? She was probably one of the worst parts of this movie. Interesting. That that could be some of your psyche kicking in knowing that we're going to get her in the future. Uh, well, right? I mean, that I'll... I'll one of the reasons why you and I are not really excited about the Marvels movie is because we know we're going to get Kamala Khan in that movie. Well, as an actress, I love her. I think she's right. a great little actress. But I'm just saying the, the character. character itself sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you, though. She and Catherine Newton, horrible casting, dialed horrible portrayal of the yeah. character. The fact that they, you know, that they had already taken a, a, an actress to, and play an older version of Cassie in Endgame and chose to recast the character for reasons I don't understand. I would have like rather seen it. the other actors. Just more juice, more popularity, a younger person's appeal. You, you, you uh, but, nailed it. But I, I asked you Gabby, I asked Gabby, is this somebody that you, like your daughter, who is in the demographic that she's supposed to be speaking to? Yeah. I was like, what did you think of her? And she said, well, I don't really know her that well. I mean, she's in a couple of things, but like she really doesn't. Oh, she knows her, yeah. She's, yeah. she's in a couple of series, um, but she, she didn't like her in this either. Right. Yeah. So that, was, that yeah. really, really disappointed me. One of the other things that disappointed me was there were a number of cameos, potential people that were showing up in this movie, potential tie-ins to other Marvel movies, Every single one of them didn't come true. None of them were even like the ones that were teased. The fact that, wow, those rings that are circulating in this place that Scott's like really small. And he's, they look like the 10 rings of Shang-Chi. Or the, the writings and the uh, alphabet of the it Eternals. It looks like the Eternals. Yeah. Didn't pay that off at all. None. Didn't pay either of those. No. Maybe we think, oh, there's this guy. He's playing this actor called Qua- Quaze. Oh, maybe it's Quasar. No, it's just some guy called Quaz who could read yeah. minds. Maybe he's the guy. The Nega Bands from Ms. Marvel. And, and they put a big, uh, they put a big actor, a very popular actor right. in that position, and it was basically comic relief. Right. Yeah. That could have done without a lot of the rebel stuff. All the the whole group of the rebels that 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 uh, Scott and Cassie met up with. It's like. Like the guy who's holes that was his name was holes because like he I don't have any holes you know oh, and, yeah yeah and he like was that whole with holes, yeah. that whole rebel group was just like ah yeah like the you know the barbarian chick that was like you know the leader of the rebels I mean that the whole group was terrible yeah terrible I, I didn't mind the group I, I thought she was a smoke show the the queen the the banished <laughs> queen of uh, right but yeah. I, my my point is that they. Like literally, you saw you saw this when when Fandango interviewed the entire cast. Hey, I know you can't tell us anything, but if you were to like rank 
the 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 cameos in the movie on a scale from one to ten, how would you rank it? And an audience is going to react to the cameos. And you know, Paul Rudd's like, well, I mean, I can't say anything, but I mean, it's got to be like a ten. What cameos were in this movie? None. Give me a cameo. None. The only thing I would classify as a quote unquote. There's two quote unquote cameos in this movie, right? Bill we had Murray. Agent Wu. Yeah. Was there for literally like a 10 second. seconds yeah. in a lunch scene when he had lunch with Scott. That was great. Right. And we had Bill Murray, who we knew was in the movie already. And I wouldn't call that a cameo. We knew he was playing a character. What cameos, what other cameos were in this movie? I thought he was going to play a bigger role in the movie, too. It yeah, it was like a, a another another comic relief, you know, minute long, yeah. you know, s- I liked scene. his character, though. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, we found he out had he, a relationship. Somebody with, had a relationship, you know, some kind of relationship with Janet when she lived there and found out that he aligned himself with Kang and betrayed them all. And then, yeah, that, that happened. But that was literally like five minutes. Yeah. He was in the movie. And but again, what other cameos were you like? Oh, my God, that was off the charts. None. No. no. Zero. So, again, a lot of the hype, a lot of the. And, and again, we do this to ourselves. You know, the internet does this, yeah. and all these scoopsters do this. <gasps> Those look like the ten rings that are circulating around the the orb yeah. down there. Oh, maybe the the nega bands. You know that the one bangle that that Ms. Marvel's wearing, the other one's going to be down there, and they're going to have to join themselves. The ten rings could still come into play later on, but not in this movie. No, it's celestial writing on the rings. Yeah, I mean, you know. None of it was paid off. Yeah. Zero. None. No. So Not that now in this pissed movie. me off. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, MODOK. So you and I were so excited about MODOK. The fact that MODOK was in this movie. The fact that they were bringing the MODOK character in the MCU. That they the twisted that they it were with Darren Cross. Taking Darren Cross and cool, saying, yeah. 100% complete fail. Okay. The, he was all comic relief. That's all he was. He was just comic relief for the movie. They used him a couple in a couple spots, you know, to hunt down the guys. And then, you know, Kang would put him in his place. He wouldn't be able to do anything anymore. And then eventually at the end of the day, he becomes a good guy. He doesn't need to be a dick. And he can he can take he can, you know, kind of help out. And he does. And he dies an Avenger. It was complete crap. Yeah. That entire character use was complete crap. And he's never going to be seen again. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, to be honest, Modoc isn't probably an A-level character. I didn't so, say it was an A-level no. character, but what he but could have been. But you wanted to see him in the future. No, what he could have been. Could have been. All right. And I, I, didn't and, bother me, and, to be And I think the, the use of Darren Cross was valid. I mean, they could have explained. Yeah. No, it made sense the way they But what they did it. with the character in the movie was terrible. Yeah. You wanted to see him get out of the quantum realm. Modoc is a incredibly intelligent, um, you know, evil manipulative character in the comic books and to use it as a dare, you know, and then when he takes his mask off, Scott, you know, I knew we always were friends, you know, <laughs> it, it was just, ter- it was terrible. It was terrible. Titanium. It was terrible. The use of the character was terrible as a comic book nerd. Yes. It's terrible. And then look, there's just a number of like minor, like plot holes and gaps and things that like, you know, when they went down and Ant-Man the Wasp and rescued Janet, like Hank goes down and shrinks down in his little ship and gets down to the part and ends up finding her. Oh, my God, I found her. I've located her. And she's walking around in this little costume and she's speaking to, to our beings. You know, we are no threat. 
we are no threat. We just want to bypass. And, and all this other stuff. And it's like, that has nothing to do with any of this movie. Like, we never saw any of this world. Never saw any of the people she interacted with. We found her by herself living down in this world. And now all of a sudden, we find out there's, like, thousands of beings that are living down there. Well, we saw a city in the background. Uh, okay. So, that part of it. And this is a subatomic universe. We know that Scott made his way down here accidentally the first time, right? When he shrunk himself microscopically, right. was able to come back by you know messing with the dial on his suit. And so we know to get to the, the quantum realm, you have to get microscopic, you know, atomize yourself to like subatomic level, right? And so that's how they got down there, how Kang and Modok sucked them down there. Was They made them all microscopic. But then they can freely use pin particles to like shrink and grow while they're down Within there. Within the universe, yeah. Right. But they can't grow themselves to a point where they can get out. Like Scott did the last right. time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the fact that the end of the movie, you know, they create this portal that all of a sudden just takes them home. And when Scott and Hope are stuck there and they finally defeat Kang, they are able to just open another portal with this little device that Cassie created, like, you know, from Woodshop, and they can just now freely travel back and forth from the from this little universe. You, I mean, it's you just... felt like they cheated there, right? Yeah, it, it, it just... It just it, it, it just, they did things without explaining. Like, you and I talked about this last week. We felt that Scott likely was going to be trapped there. Kang yeah. was going to escape. Scott was going to be trapped there, trapped there, and maybe even Hope. Right. And I, that would have been a great... But no... End of the movie, they're like, whoa, we opened another portal. Come on home, guys. Yeah. And they're home. I mean, it was just like so convenient. I mean, it just, that part of it was like, come on, you're just stretching it way too thin. Um, and just so many little plot points about it that just, just drew me, made me crazy about it a little bit. Um, all right. So we'll, let's get into like what we think. We know one of the reasons this movie came out was to build what was happening in phase four, the multiverse saga, the Kang dynasty, everything that's coming in the future Establish Kang as a major villain. Um, I think they did a very good job of that in this movie. I Um, wish they would have brought Kang in earlier and and not just in Loki season one. uh, And and they didn't even bring him in more and other teased him more and other things like they did Thanos, you know, they teased him a lot. Uh, with little clips and credit scenes, things like that. I wish they would have teased him more so that we had this buildup of, oh, now we finally get to meet him instead of just Loki. Um, but again, I, I really like the movie. I, so I your question, good. do you think, so at, at the end of the movie, Scott and Hope are able to use their incredible shrinking and growing discs and throw them into the little power source that Kang has. And trap, you know, he gets sucked into it. And a time engine, yeah. Do you think he's gone? This version of Kang is gone. This this Kang the Conqueror is. Well, that's a great that's a great question, and I, I've actually uh, gone to social media to ask what people think about that. And uh, my feeling is, I'd love to hear if you. What, I want to know what you guys think in YouTube. So let us know what you think on the YouTube comments. Is this version of Kang coming back, or is he gone? So. So my opinion is is that uh, unless you get a in Marvel, unless you see a body, <laughs> they're not dead. 
even though the end credit scene, which we'll talk about in a minute, they allude to the fact that they killed him. Um, so they basically that tells me for. From my perspective, that was the one thing that said he's gone. He's because gone. why would they know if he weren't? Right. If he if he was still alive or if something happened to him, they would know, right? Because they knew they, they we find out who sent him to the microverse. Who to, banished him, right. To, to, to the quantum realm. And they said with. that they killed him uh, and they're becoming what, it more. Wasn't, they were like, it wasn't us. It wasn't right. one of us. Right. Because they feel like the only person that can kill a Kang is another Kang. Right. And... Somebody else besides another Kang killed a Kang, and they're like, well, who was it? My gut feeling is is that he's not gone. My gut feeling is is that he uh, definitely is caught or went some to some other multiverse. Into a time vortex? Somewhere. I, I don't think he's gone. If he is, we don't, we're not going to miss Kang. Like, there's going to be more Kangs, uh, obviously, with the Ed credit scene. But uh, my gut feeling is is that he's not. He's not gone. We're going to see him again. Okay. Kang the Conqueror, I think we're going to see him again. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the post-credit scene and the end-credit scene because I think that those are two things that we need to kind of get into. Post-credit scene was uh, all of a sudden we see uh, a version of Kang in a, uh, we'll say, Egyptian costume. Uh, this is obviously supposed to be Rama Tut. Yeah. The Rama Tut version of Kang. Yep. Um, and then we see the Immortus version of Kang yep. comes in, and we see that w- what we believe is Scarlet Centurion version of Kang, but we don't or, know. Or a Centurion since the armor. could, could they, I don't know. There's, somebody said it might be um, Iron Lad, but no, I don't it's think too, so. too old for Iron, Iron Lad. Way too Iron, Iron Lad's young. Yeah. He's a, he's a teenager. And, and the Scarlet uniforms. Centurion, but, but he's not red, so that was kind of weird too. Yeah. But anyway, three different versions of Kang. They're talking about that they know that this version of Kang, the conqueror had been killed by somebody other than them. Um, and then they're like having this big major council. There's this huge amphitheater where all these versions of Kang are, are kind of teleporting, teleporting in, in and they're yeah. going to meet together. And so this is the council of Kangs. And they're teleporting we, in the same way that Dr. Fanta- uh, Mr. Fantastic did in uh, multiverse of madness, yeah. which is kind of cool. But we see all like thousands of versions of Kang yeah. uh, in this 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 coliseum yeah. or whatever, and uh-huh. and you know they're all together. Like it's time for us to 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 you know establish our dominance or whatever. Um, obviously, alluding to the fact that there are thousands of different versions of Kang out there. Just because you kill one, mean doesn't mean the others are gone. And this is again alluding back to Loki season one where. He who remains said, "Wait till you meet my variants. There's other yeah. versions of me." And you and think th- I'm bad, yeah. right? So this is you know teasing the different variants, and so it seems like to us, the audience, that Kang Dynasty, at least what they're establishing for the multiverse saga, is that there are multiple iterations of Kang that the Avengers and other heroes are going to have to battle through or fight uh, for the sanctity and and you know future of their universe and all these other things so and that was one of the things scott said at the end of the movie when he's walking you know he's freaking out at the street he's like hey this kang said that the only person that could stop the other ones of him was him and so the fact that we killed him means that they're coming for us maybe i should have let him oh what oh no who's gonna think about that right (laughs) so yeah that's what they're alluding to that there are these other bad versions of kang out there and and they're going to be doing some bad stuff and now the avengers are on the radar Um, right that's what i got they they basically were like yeah there's people that are effing around with our stuff 
and our you know they're they're now interfering and they're aware of of our right technology and they're interfering and we're gonna have to take care of them yeah that's interesting yeah so that I was a big that, one i thought that was a cool end credit scene yeah and then the 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 other end credit scene the council of kangs right yeah yeah again straight from the comics and the other end credit scene was one of victor timely which was a version of kang who uh was alive during the you know early 19th century or you know early 20th century late 19th century um kind of established the the kind of theories behind you know time travel and time maintenance and all kinds of other stuff and aka king prime um I don't want to get into the the history of Victor Timely because it's a little bit it's as confusing as as Kang's history. But. Yeah, we're going to talk about how confusing all this shit is, yeah. especially for novice people that yeah. don't know the comics. And I think that's a big downfall. So that- Victor Timely is somebody. It's it's Kang had gone back in time to a point in time where technology was in its infancy, but he could use his technology to manipulate thoughts and minds of other people. And then, you know, I, I want to get into Victor Timely right now, but we will because the big teaser here was in the audience of his presentation was Loki and Mobius. Yeah. And to see the two of them, we know that this is a big setup for big Loki, lead season into Loki season two. Yeah. So we know that one of the big pl- plot points for Loki season two will be hunting down Kang and his, different variants in different periods of time. And they find this one, Victor timely and you know, Loki's telling Mobius this, that's him. This is the guy we're after. He doesn't look very honestly. No, it's him. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously a big setup for Loki season two. Yeah. Um, and I look Loki season one was a home run. So this, I, I really, it, it got, that got me excited for Loki season two for yeah, sure. Me too. That yeah. was a great lead in. Yeah. All right, Professor, well, uh, let's ring the bell. School's over. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast.outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone.